Hello, everybody. We are back. It is Garen and Jordan off of summer break. We have uh, finished summer vacation, you know, being at the beach all day and all those things that we did for those summer months. And we're back in the podcast studio now, ready to talk about this next sermon series, which we have just kicked off called Engage. And so every week we want to be back discussing it with you guys, um, just tearing it apart a little bit more. And we actually wanted to start by going back a week to drift and talking about that just ever so briefly, because Garen and I and others on staff, there's still just little things that keep popping up in conversation about that. And it just seems like even with you guys in conversations and texts and things that it just rang really true, that drift is so real. And so we wanted to reiterate that that is why we, well, I say we, like I was in the room with Garen thinking it up. That is why he thinks this is such a good idea for us. And I think so many of us agree this engaged series of getting back and really figuring out these five principles to lock in to be disciples of Jesus. It's because drift happens and it's because it's so natural to who we are and nobody escapes it. And, uh, and so, yeah, what was one thing you wanted to say about drift as we get started, Garen? First of all, what you just, I mean, should we just make 12th Avenue shirts that just say drift happens? Drift happens, baby. And that's what we're known as a church. Like, (laughs) oh, I knew your church was that kind of church. You guys do a lot of drift. I I mean, just, it happens. I think it's the reality. And I think sometimes in the spiritual life, Jordan, don't you feel like there's topics that just don't get talked about much, but the reality is we're all there and we all struggle with it. And just to get it out and just say, this is where we all are. Um, I had somebody who, who came up to me and said, the, just the fact that you and I both said we drift was so meaningful to them, like because they tend to think people are better than them. The Lewis quote you mentioned was really yeah. powerful for you. Yeah, that was huge for me when you read me that Lewis quote just about how what low esteem he held his own spiritual life in. Um, that was massive because he's a hero of mine. And I know that I feel that way, but for him to feel that way, it really made it feel okay in a way for me to feel that way. Not that I want to be there, but that I'm not I'm not damned because I do feel that way. That I really can still follow Jesus and and I'm, you know, I'm not a lost cause. Yeah. And so if someone else felt that way because we said that on stage, then hopefully that was a good thing for them too. And something else that got said that day that was I thought huge that you brought into it you brought multiple things into it i thought were important was the idea of trajectory versus what position right Mm -hmm. yeah and move so movement the idea of movement let's talk let's talk a little bit more about that because we hit it briefly yeah well just that satan likes to try and use our position against us if we have drifted and positionally we are far from god satan will remind us of that and use that as a barrier to get back to god but truly god doesn't care about that he sees the trajectory right you think about the the prodigal son, right? That the father, it, it wasn't the the son's position that grieved him. It, it was his trajectory away from him. And, yeah. and even though he was a long, what does it say? He was a long ways off still. Right. So positionally, he was still a long ways away. He could see him coming back and it, he was so elated. Yeah. And that, that's how God sees us. He cares about our trajectory towards him, not our position, whether it's far from him or close to him. Yeah. I think that whole idea of movement's really, and if it's the word drift, we said that that Sunday, but that idea, I'm either moving away towards or from and what god cares about is trajectory and i can today i can make a choice to move back towards him and that's what he cares about satan will point out like you said well, look how far you are look where you are and god's like no you're moving that's what matters mm-hmm. so so let's not use position or drift as an excuse to not engage with god right yep because that's what satan would want you mentioned a lot of people don't talk about this especially church leaders well that's not 
by accident, right? Satan doesn't want this to be talked about because what happens when we talked about it and when Lewis talked about it, man, we felt freedom and yeah. others felt freedom. So, you know, don't don't keep it bottled up and think you're the only one that feels that way. Don't let it be an excuse. Let's engage together. Let's jump in as a community and uh, and be ready for this next series. Yeah. And Jordan, that's a great actually lead in to, to the growth thing because... I think we all feel like, so yesterday was the first practice and it's the foundational one. It's growing in my walk with God, my relationship. And we all feel, nobody feels like they're doing that 100% or what they should, right? I think we all feel like we should be doing better. And it, to me, it's the same thing as the drift thing. And, you know, I asked several people to, to share. We're wanting somebody to share every week. And several people that I asked were like, who I knew, I really re respect their walk with God. And they're like, my walk with God is not strong enough for me to, to share. And I, I just think we all feel that way. Um, so again, the reality is, is don't worry about how you feel or where you feel you are positionally in your relationship with God. It's just the key is the trajectory. And I can start tending right now, right? And that's what God cares about. He doesn't care about where I'm at, but just that I am tending that relationship. Yeah, one thing that really stuck with me from the message yesterday was that garden analogy, how you talked about it was such a drag for you to pull weeds in the garden. But for your mom, it was something that was life-giving, and she really spent time doing it well and cared about it. And the difference was that you didn't care about the garden. You were yeah. doing it as a means to an end to get out of there. Yeah. And she did care about it. She really cared about that space and wanted to actually tend it and see it bear fruit. So that is such a perfect picture of our spiritual lives, right? Yep. I mean, in my quiet time, sometimes it's the thing I do to get through it. And in that in that sense, I'm just like you picking weeds just so I can get done with it. But where the real fruit comes from is when I sit in it and I say, I'm here to abide. I'm here to really commune with God, right? Not just communicate with him. Um, and that's where the good stuff happens. Yeah, and I agree with that. And it's so easy for it to slide back into, it's just something I've got to do, a box I've got to check to get to the rest of the day, which is what really matters to me is getting to work or all the stuff I have to do. And yeah, then it becomes how I was towards the garden when I was when I was a teen. Um, in fact, I just spoke to somebody just a little bit ago, Jordan, who we had a brief conversation yesterday, spoke again, somebody I respect in their walk and the who and who I respect in prayer and they are right now we're working so much on trying to become a more effective prayer and then they said that they've came, come to the realization this weekend that their focus was on actually the prayer and the effective prayer and being effective at prayer and weren't like it wasn't about meeting god it was just about getting better at prayer and how they got called back to it's about a relationship that's the point of the whole thing like you said it's the tending of that yeah for some reason it seems like it's really easy for believers to take the means to God and even elevate it above him, right? I don't know why that is, but yeah. whether it's even God's own word or whether it's prayer or whether it's a certain discipline, it's easy for us to elevate that in our heart so much that it overshadows God and we kind of miss him in that. Do you, like, why, why do you think that is? Because, I mean, I feel that and I see a lot of believers who either knowingly or unknowingly kind of do that. Why is that yeah, a bent of our heart? Question. I think it's, to me, it's the default human nature of earning approval instead of coming to a relationship on grace and what matters a relationship it's this sense that i earn approval so if i do the thing then the thing becomes more important than him and that's what i feel like is behind it um 
It's just that that thing inside of us that wants us always to focus on the thing we're doing to earn some kind of approval or or even in my own heart, like I'm a better guy because I did that. And you know, I mean, I've been in, we've been in churches before where people had great pride in their church attendance or their Bible reading or whatever, and looked down on people who they didn't think did the practices as much as they did. It's that human nature to like that self-focus is it's so easy. How would you answer that question? I don't know, Garen. I don't. I don't make big enough money to uh, <laughs> to handle those answers. No, I I think what you said is right. I think it's natural for in our human heart to elevate something and worship it. I mean, we're we're natural worshipers, right? Yeah. We're all worshiping yeah. something. So so often um, we can worship our means to the end, which is so silly. We really are like sheep, man. Like we're not that bright. I feel for me at least a lot of times I can elevate even like my prayer life or a discipline over God because I was made to be a worshiper. And so it's so easy for me to worship like anything if I'm not careful about it. So, yeah. Um, how do, you know, we're talking about growth this week. How do we separate growth from like accomplishment? Because you talked about, we so naturally want to just accomplish things and feel like we're doing things and earning things. How do we grow in God without feeling that way? Because (laughs) I, for one, feel that way all the time. And it's not easy to separate feeling like I've accomplished something for God from knowing that I've actually grown with him. So like, what's a piece of advice you could wow. give me on that? I, that's a good, that, that's part of the reason I kind of told the story about the date is like, like with a date with Pat, I never come back and tell somebody the stuff I did to make the date happen. What I talk about, you say, hey, hey, how was the time with Pat? I'll just talk about what the time was. So there's something about, maybe it's back to the God thing and the default. There's something about, in my other relationships, I'm not keeping track of what I, uh, I mean, sometimes, but usually I'm not keeping track on that date weekend of what I've done. The focus is just to get there and be with her. But for some reason with God, we can turn that back to where it becomes about the things I accomplished. And it's just it's just weird. It just doesn't make sense, right? Hmm. That was really helpful, though, talking about the prep you did for the date as opposed to spending time with Pat. That was... I actually think that gives me a good answer because um, the community you spend, that time you spend with God is the goal, and I can lose track of that so easily. Yeah. So, yeah. Because I'm, I'm trying to be an earner. I'm trying to be a yeah someone who wants to accomplish something. Yeah. And check boxes, whether for his approval or for my own pride. Yeah. Right? And then you, when, once you do that, you've lost point of just meeting with him and encountering him, and I'm sure it breaks his heart. Yeah. Because it breaks Pat's heart, you know? Yeah, if someone asked you out the date and in front of her you were like, oh, I nailed the reservation, you know? And it's like, well, I thought it was about me. No, it really wasn't. It was about <laughs> setting the date up. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a good way to think about it. In that garden analogy, we were just talking and and you said somebody came to you and sent you a picture of how many weeds they had picked that week. Yep. And, and we were just talking about how Satan probably loves it when we just spend our whole time picking spiritual weeds. Yep. Right? Can you right. speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, when I don't tend my relationship with God, weeds happen, right? Drift happens, weeds happen. And we've, any of us, you garden, I garden, you know, the guy who sent me that gardens, we've all had that experience where you neglect the garden and the weeding takes five times more time than it would have if you just tended it well. And it takes time away from the other important things in your life. And then you're like, what in the world? Why did I allow that to happen? But it's so easy. And I think spiritually, it's his strategy of Satan, right? To if he can get me to not tend my garden, weeds are going to grow in my life, and then it's going to take so much time to address the junk 
that comes from not walking with God that, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great strategy of, here, of his. How do you see that play out or what's your... Yeah, uh, and one thing Pastor Al used to say a lot was, I always mess it up, uh, an ounce of prevention, prevention is worth a pound of cure. Is that yeah, it? That's, that's exactly it. what this is. And so when I can... I can nip those things right in the bud because I've spent time with the Father and I can eliminate temptation or eliminate distraction or easily discern right from wrong and just go with the with the right choice. Man, I can avoid so many of those things. Yep. But Satan would so much rather we don't do that at the beginning of the day and we spend our whole day like kind of in the weeds a little bit, you know, like we're thinking about distractions or temptations or things and maybe even having victory over those things but they're just taking so much more time and spiritual effort than they would if we were just walking with God faithfully like we really should and when we're picking those weeds we're not we're not multiplying disciples yeah we're not right. sharing we're not we're not sharing our faith with others right. um, we're not growing in God we're on that downward escalator like making one step at a time like barely keeping pace and so that's exactly where he wants us yeah so to me that goes back Jordan just now I'm thinking that whole thing of position and trajectory that he wants me to focus on position because I've had times where I've gone to the back window by our dining room and I haven't picked weeds for two weeks and I look out and I see how tall they are and I'm like, I don't want to go do that. <laughs> and so I don't. Yeah. And you put it off for another week until it gets really bad. And that because the my focus has become on look at the position of my garden yeah. and it can be defeating instead of me just saying position doesn't matter. What matters is trajectory. So get your get your rear out there, right, and get to work. So I think what, yeah, what this whole idea of picking weeds is if he can get me in the weeds, deep weeds, and one just say, here's where you are, forget it, you know, that's your position. Yeah. And so can we all just agree that we're a mess from time to time and that we're not going to look at the high weeds in our garden and get scared away, but we're going to be faithful to a God who's always faithful to us and just set our trajectory towards him. Like if we can just agree on that as a body, I feel like yeah. we'd be in a really good spot. Yeah. And help each other out. And that's why this week what's coming up is gathering. It's the idea of community. And I really feel like to grow well, I've got to be doing that with some people. Mm -hmm. That I can be honest about my weeds or where I'm in with my relationship or I'm treading water. I feel like I'm drifting and they can help point me in the right direction. Yeah, and not uh, mocking somebody else for their weeds, right? Because <laughs> you don't have to have the nicest yard in the neighborhood. You just have to not have the worst. <laughs> Because that's the one that gets talked about. It's like, oh, did you see that guy's yard? Not in a good way. Yeah. You're you're looking at me a little too intently when you say that. So <laughs> you know what's funny is we were at the we were down at the uh green space at the Gazette the other day. I never told you this, but we were in the back. Steve and I were looking for extra chairs and I saw the lawn of a month sign and I told Steve I was gonna go stick it in your yard. <laughs> because <laughs> we both know that neither of us will ever win a lot of the month in this town, but I thought that would be a good prank. So That would have been a very good prank. I would have appreciated it, and I would have known where it was coming from. And <laughs> I would have given it all to Nathan, because he's been mowing for me this summer with my back, so it would have been to his his credit. Yeah, so. shout out to Nate Hollenbeck. Yeah. Okay, well, that was a, a quick recap of Grow. We hope that it was a good first week for you guys. We're excited for the next four. Gather is next. Garen, you've kind of alluded to it a little bit, but just... The importance of being together um, as the body, right? Yeah, and I'll probably say it Sunday, and we've talked before, but to me it's a catalyst of growth that it's the force multiplier, that if, I'm, if I've got that going, it helps the growth so much. And if I neglect that, the growth is going to go away, and I'm mm -hmm. going to drift. So, Yep. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll see you back here next week.